Good afternoon, Pelkas. Welcome on VH Berries. Uh, hello, it's great to be here. Thank you for asking me. From Asian Greek, your first name means stone and rock because you have to be extremely stable while taking uh, still time-lapse images. I guess that's true. It also means shovel in French, I guess. Uh, so I don't know how to interpret that. Because I found that in your work, Pelkas, you are not really going from A to Z, but more from A to A, because you are always repeating the same angles. You're right. I, I like repetition. I like building up a pattern. Um, you're right. And I don't like sequence, so I don't like going A, B, C all the way up to Z. I like mixing the whole alphabet up whenever I possibly can. Uh, a lot of sports photography is about sequence. What happened in the game? This had the they kicked the ball, then they got a goal, or or whatever it is. And my work completely fractures that and puts everything out of order. So it's uh, changing the sequence is definitely not the way you should do sports if you want to convey a story. But if you want to convey chaos and something else interesting about time, uh, that's the way I approach it is scrambling it is interesting to me showing something rational and sequential is less interesting to me and Pelkas, can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you are doing as an artist and photographer uh, because uh, since the beginning uh, we talked about time lapse and stone which is uh, very confusing maybe <laughs> that's true the, the, my my technique is actually pretty simple uh I put my camera on a tripod <clears throat> and, well, first I pick out the sporting event and then I pick out the vantage point and then I put my camera on a tripod and take a thousand to five thousand pictures of the scene without my camera moving. And then back in the studio, I look for what I'll call an empty scene, a scene when almost, there's almost no people in the, the picture. And then I methodically go through the thousands of pictures and add one person at a time. I never move them. They're always in their real original spot. Uh, but So it's a process of just adding one person and another person um, until I start having the kind of composition that satisfies me for whatever reason. Um, so it's, it's actually a, the, the Photoshop technique is... Any photographer can do it. I don't have any special magic in Photoshop. Uh, it does take it does take thousands of layers, and it's hard to do. But it's not it's not a strange or special technique. And I have to admit that uh, Pelkas, it all started a long time ago because you had one influence, who is your mother. <laughs> That's true. Um, my mother was an artist. Um, she, when I was youngest, she was, she did sculpture mostly. And then when I was a little older, she changed to drawing almost exclusively. Uh, but some of my happiest memories were kind of wandering down to the basement where she had a studio and just watching her, uh, work with plaster and, uh, uh, metal and wood. She loved to carve wood. So making things was, I, I guess it was a part of, my youth. I was very clumsy artistically. I, my uh, 
if I try, I remember in penmanship when I was in first grade, I'd tear through the paper. I would try so hard. I'd press the pen so hard trying to get the letters to form. Uh, I was not manually gifted or, or I didn't draw well, all that stuff. But my, my family loved culture and we were always talking about books or going to museums. Uh, and so that really was important to me and, and my mother especially. And also, from what I've understood, you started making a living in photography, for example, uh, very recently. That's right. Well, you're going from my earliest uh, artistic feelings to my very latest ones, and that's a gap of whatever it is, 60 years. Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I was always kind... My whole life, I worked at a day job, various jobs, graphic designer, picture framer. I worked for a tech startup. I was a secretary uh, and a bunch of other things. Uh, and I always did my art in my spare time. And when I did Selected People, the street photography version of Crowded Fields, uh, where I took pe pictures of people out on plazas and on uh, ordinary uh, city settings, uh, that was the start of it. I became a little well-known, but when I switched over to sports about three years ago, uh, it just kind of took off. People started asking me to do commissions, and I got all sorts of publications and magazines and, and people writing to me all the time. Uh, it's a, it was a very big change in my professional life. Um, I, I, I started all the things I was rejected for my whole life I started being accepted for. Uh, I'm talking about grants or uh, publications or galleries. It all became uh, much better. Uh, and very strange to, to be in this position uh, later in my life, but I'm happy about it. You just use the word later in my life, which uh, can be translated by a late success. I believe that um, you have a very uh, special relationship with this uh, very special position. Well, uh, I mean, like I said, it's strange. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of um, things that I was happy about in my art career before. But this is just a completely different animal now, um, and I, I'm. <laughs> it used to be. Well, I'm just eager to see what I I can do next because now I can. I have the time. I can af afford to take the time, and if I need to travel a little bit, although that's very questionable with the pandemic right now. Uh, but I'm a little freer to do what I want now. And I'm really looking forward to figuring out what my next thing is. Do you have time in your life? <laughs> well, it, <laughs> if I knew, if I knew, I would spend all my money right up to the last penny. <laughs> uh, if I knew I only had a year to live, but, you know, I'd go on a spree. But no, I don't know how much time I have. I'm 67, if you're wondering. My birthday was just the other day. Um, I don't feel too limited by time, but um, at this age, you definitely think about time. My work is about time, um, but 
it's a different kind of time than your personal time when you're counting your, you know, becoming aware of how many days you might have. Um, uh, to bring it back to my work, it, time is a key element, or maybe the key element. I find it a really spooky thing, and it's always been a really spooky thing that a photograph can capture any part of time, um, just a, a conventional photograph. And what I like to do with my work is capture a lot of these moments in one image, and I find that really spooky, that all these things coexist at the same time, uh, on the paper or the, on the screen that happened at very different times, an hour ago, two hours ago. Um, so that kind of fascinates me and I, it's what makes my work sometimes look normal for a second and then eerie for a second and then normal for a second. Um, so time is very important to my work. By taking this precious time, a bit like a stone, as I mentioned before. It creates a series of coincidences, which is truly amazing. I think that's exactly right. The word coincidence is, is perfect. That's, that's what I look for, is sometimes I'll start a picture, and like I said before, I might look at the first image and see um, a, somebody kicking a ball, And then it occurs to me, well, what if they were all kicking the ball in the same position? Uh, and so I, I look for those coincidences. And it's what gives a picture rhythm is when you have repetition, that's what gives rhythm. And I think a lot about uh, music or, or there was a style of painting in the 1970s in the United States called pattern and decoration. Uh, And that was extremely rhythmic, and it looked, it looked like wallpaper. And speaking of my mother, I just, uh, I remember somewhere from my childhood always loving to stare at, wa at wallpaper. You know, just as a really little kid, I'd stare at the repetition. So who knows that? Maybe that sunk in too. This makes so much sense to me because when I'm watching your photograph, I can totally imagine them as uh, wallpapers on uh, computers or phone. It, it, it's true. I, there's the, the part of my work, well, I think people like it because it, at first glance, it looks nice and it has this pattern. Um, it's, it's possible for it to seem lightweight or like, like wallpaper, like a, like a computer wallpaper, or like even like literal uh, home decoration wallpaper. But I like that. I like having a surface to my photographs that draws people in. And I hope there's more underneath that to think about it if you want, or if you don't want to think about it, or think about it's the wrong word, maybe perceive it. Um, then you don't have to. You can appreciate it as a funny sports picture, uh, clickbait, or you can buy one of my photos at an exhibition. And Pelkas, concerning the process of creation, I am very curious because you have, as you mentioned, between uh, 300 and 1,200 pictures and layers, and you have to 
cut them one by one. So I am wondering if you are working on one piece of art at a time or if you are completely um, doing it uh, in uh, the disorder. Almost not so much disorder. I, I try to finish one picture, but a lot of times, a lot of times it takes me two weeks. I'll stop after two weeks and I may not be completely happy with it and I may come back to it later, but I do try to do them, um, continue them until I feel like I have to stop and then do the next one. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm disorderly, but I'm not that disorderly. <laughs> But there are also events that can put uh, some of your photographs in trouble, if I can say. Because, for example, on a basketball field, if a ball hits your camera... <laughs> that, that hasn't happened. Sometimes uh, I've had the people so excited in a lacrosse game I took pictures of. It was shaking the tripod and moving the camera. And that makes my life unhappy. Sometimes I've tripped over my tripod. <laughs> um, once I wasn't doing a sports picture, but a squirrel ran up my tripod and I think I knocked the tripod because I panicked because I was afraid of the squirrel. A dog knocked over my whole setup once. Uh, just, you know, a happy, enthusiastic dog running all over the place. Just ran into my tripod and knocked my camera over. So. Those things set me back. Um, it's not like regular photography. I have to pick a spot and then I'm committed to it for the whole time of the picture, which could be sometimes it's only half an hour, but a lot of times it's an hour um, or even two hours if I photograph a whole game. So I'm really committed to that spot. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a mess if, if my camera moves or somebody bumps my tripod. And also, to make a little recap, you have a sort of a little remote control button uh, that you can push when something interesting is happening. Instead of setting up um, the camera to take a pictures every 10 seconds, for example. Oh, correct. Yeah, I, I just have a little cable release, it's called, and you, I just click it. Um, and I'm always, I'm always looking for things. So... It would, it would work to have a, a camera that was set up to take pictures every second. That would work, but it works better to use my brain and instinct to press the button. Um, it, it works better. Both ways would work, to tell you the truth, but it does work better because I'm really looking for special moments or weird moments or, you know, even moments when the, a player or a person is perfectly still. That can be rare in sports. They're just standing there doing nothing. Um, so it's pretty important for me to do, do it uh, with my hand. I've also worn out three remote controls in the past couple of years. Just the spring breaks eventually. Pelkas at the end of the tunnel. This is completely worth it because you are doing... Uh, in the near future, three exhibitions. For example, uh, one on Friday, September uh, 10 in Houston, a large right. metropolis <laughs> in Texas. That's right. I'm, I'm very excited about that show. Um, 
I'll have some very two of the prints, a polo picture and a surfing picture will be very large. I haven't printed that large for a show, so I'm excited about that. I wish I could go to Houston, but I'm not traveling these days um, unless I really have to, and so far I don't have to. Uh, but my thoughts are definitely in Houston, and it's it's all coming together, and it's pretty exciting to look forward to that show. So basically, this very specific exhibition uh, is showing pieces of art, part of your project called uh, Crowded Fields. That's right. That's exactly right. I think there are 11 or 12 photographs in it. Um, and I don't know what to say about it. It's, it's, the place is called Photo Relevance, and it's a, a wonderful gallery. They also show a lot of other really interesting photo photographers, too. It's, so I hope people will look them up. And very recently, you made a collaboration with a brand called Burberry. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? That I just finished it because it was a, a social media uh, thing. I just finished it a few days ago. I just worked on it two weeks ago. Um, but this is the kind of turn my life's taken. People like Burberry and a Buffalo Zine which is the magazine that uh, produced this, the images for Burberry, uh, they, just call, they just contacted me out of the blue and said, can you be in New York at such and such a time to take pictures of our trench coats and our models? And uh, it really came, I think it probably came through my DM on Instagram. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I, it's, I've worked with crews a couple of times, but this was, uh, I don't know how many workers, but there were 20 people or so, uh, four models. The, the thing that's very different about doing a fashion picture, which I've done not a million of, but a few of them lately, uh, is that I'm really photographing, photographing something that's completely staged for my camera. Uh, a, a sports event, a, a soccer game is staged, but it's not staged specifically for my camera, but these fashion things are specifically so I can take pictures. Um, it's a strange, um, it's a strange layering of artificial and then my, my whole uh, attitude is to make things look kind of natural and chaotic, but of course my technique's very artificial. So it's a really interesting mix of uh, the artifice of fashion and then my kind of strange artifice that is also authentic but is also artifice, etc. <laughs> it's complicated and there's another pattern, a word pattern uh, to go along with my visual patterns. And right now, what is going on in Pelka's uh, minds? Because now the possibilities are huge for example i can imagine doing this concept of uh, time-lapse still images in space underwater <laughs> uh, i want you to do anything <laughs> well space yes i i would love to do it in space anybody out there with a rocket ship uh i'm available <laughs> uh, um 
yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot that can be done with it. I'm really. I have. Uh, I did another shoot, which I won't talk about because it's not published, but it has a dance theme, um, and I have photographed some dancers that I've met elsewhere just for myself, and I'm. I'm getting interested in that because that has that same uh, layering. The dancers are making a work of art um, on their own, their dance, and then I'm recording it like it's a, a sporting game, a sporting event. Um, I, I'm kind of intrigued with that, so with that mix of somebody making a piece of art, but then I'm making a kind of authentic record or document of the art that is, isn't like a video of a dance or, you know, or stills of a dance. It's not the normal way you would present dance. Uh, so I'm, that's one thing I'm thinking about and have a few chances to try. Um, I'm really excited about that. You mean, Pelkas, that for this uh, project linked with dancers, instead of having your little remote control, you are taking a video with a very high uh, frame rate. Oh. Um, well, th that's something I thought of doing, but no, no, it would it would be a regular, the same technique that I described, exactly the same. Um, what I meant was that the the I was talking about the artificial. Dancers, the choreographer and the dancers are making a little work of art, and then I'm recording that work of art. That's the, the pattern I was talking about, if that makes sense. And also next to this pattern, there is also the possibilities to do it in 360 degrees. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that, so <laughs> I, I have to uh, wrap my head around that, so to speak. That's a good idea. I... It's one of the things that's flattering to me. People write all the time, write all the time on Instagram and other places, suggesting things, and it makes me really happy. They start to see possibilities that I don't see. Um, my my daughter sometimes suggests things that I've never thought of. Uh, and aside from the practical help that, say, doing a three, the idea of doing a three sixty photo. Uh, that actually helps me, well, what if that's a great idea? It also tells me that the viewers are kind of getting inside my uh, my point of view or my opinion about the world and starting to see it my way. And I always thought that was the whole, like one of the main points of being an artist. It's not to please people or to make something beautiful necessarily. It's to kind of... Uh, promote a point of view that you want to share with people. So it makes me happy. That's why it makes me happy when uh, you suggest a 360 photo or uh, other things like that. I, and I appreciate it. Because through the art, I believe that you want to deliver a message because, for instance, on every single of your photography, the subject are moving but the background remains the same. We are humans that only uh, are uh, passing on uh, the planet Earth. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is beautiful. Yeah, uh, that's well said. And that's definitely one of the things that I think my work's saying. 
you know, aside from the other surface things, but that's one of the uh, things that you can think about if you uh, have a mind to. Do you have other messages that you want to deliver through uh, your photograph? Well, not not explicit messages, but uh, I can kind of explain my attitude. Uh, there are a couple of things. One is, I think Andy Warhol, I'll try to paraphrase Andy Warhol, who said he tries... Uh, when he does a project, he tries to do it wrong, but he tries to do it exactly wrong. So that's something I've always kind of been drawn to, doing it the wrong way, doing sports photography the wrong way. Um, but I think maybe the biggest thing that I'm that I just take for granted myself is focusing on play and play ahead of competition or play ahead of beauty. Uh, play ahead of a lot of things. Um, and I think, and I'm not sure I can explain why I think play is so important. Uh, it's partly humor. Humor is playful. Uh, but I think if my, if there's a message, it's in my uh, sense of play, that the, the sense of play that I try to convey in my photographs. And I don't know if that's a message in the norm. I guess it's a message. So we'll call it a message. Let's call it a message. Yes. Thank you so much, Belkas, for your time. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking. And uh, I really thank you. <laughs>